You're listening to the Bay Christian Family Church Podcast. Praise God. You see, open your Bible at the third letter of John. The third letter. There's not the gospel. It's the one near the back of your Bible. The third letter of John is only one chapter, verse 2. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in how many? All things. And be in? Health, just as your soul prospers. We came to the end of last year. We were dealing with a subject, and I just sense we need to just round up on it. There's some things that are really important that we need to work with as we enter in, knowing that God has prepared a future for us. He's prepared plans for us, as that we're able to walk into them. And when we say prosperity, this is very important for you to understand. The enemy wants to keep you in bondage. John chapter 10, verse 10, Jesus says the thief comes to steal, to kill, to destroy. I came that you may have life and have that life more abundantly. Now, I want you to notice, you must remember, Jesus is the word. You're never going to find Jesus saying something. And then, you know, the social warriors come out on Facebook and say, yeah, but did you think about this? And he goes, oh, yeah, no, you're right. That I, I spoke too soon. I spoke too quickly. Uh, my emotions got the better of me. No, when he speaks, he means what he says. Knowing he's the word, he is the word. Knowing that he has designed his system that words govern your future, that words create, that you have what you say. He, he's the one that put that into action. He uses the words. He, when, he, when he creates, he used words. Everything he did by, was by the word. He is the word. He watches over his word to perform it. His word is sent to accomplish what he purposes. That means when he speaks, those words have significance. And so you can take every word he says, the way it's said, the way it's being said is the way it was meant to be said. And so when you see that when he says the thief comes to steal kill, and destroy, we have this impression that the devil's ultimate plan is to kill you. Well, technically, no. Because when we studied last time, remember we had a look at Mark chapter 4 where it spoke about the sower sows the word. Satan comes immediately to do what? Steal the word. He comes for the word's sake. He really doesn't care about people. He's got no interest in people. It's God. Isn't, it's the throne that he wanted. Isn't that the reason he got kicked out? He wanted to be like God. And he knows this, word, this, this whole system is governed by word, is governed by faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Faith comes by hearing by. See, there it is. If, if, if someone can get faith in their heart, and walk in the word of God, they dominate the enemy. Every time Satan came to try and, de try and deceive Jesus, tempt Jesus, what did Jesus do? He didn't stand and say, excuse me, tempt God? <laughs> Are you kidding me? Did he do that? Did he bring out some weird weapon that he only he as God has and blow Satan off the planet? No, he used, it is written. He used the word every single time. 
That same word's accessible to you and to me. And the moment he spoke that word, Satan changed his tactic because he knew he cannot defeat that word. So he has to try another angle. And that's, the, that's what I want you to get a hold of. It's that word that he's against. And so you would think that if he came to steal, kill, and to destroy, if it was only the human life, if it was your life that he wanted to kill, well, it'd start by stealing and then by killing. Now you're dead. So what's the point of destroying your house? Or destroying your car? Or destroying, if you're off the planet, there's no more destroying left to do in your life. Isn't that right? So why is there still a destroy after kill? Because it's not your life he's trying to kill. Jesus said, I came that you may have life. He's talking about the life of God. The life of God. That life comes by faith. So how do you stop faith? Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the? So what must he steal to stop that faith happening? The word. Steal the word. Steal the word. Not the car the house. Steal the word. Now, how does he kill faith? By stealing that word. Stealing the word, you kill faith. That's what we had to look at. That's what Mark chapter 4 was talking about. Is that when you hear a certain word, it'll cause life to you. He has to stop that from happening. What does he use? Tribulation, persecution, cares of this world, deceitfulness of riches, lust for other things. He uses distractions to make sure we're not in a place to receive that word. Because the moment we receive the word, faith will, re will rise up and we can reject that attack of the enemy. Then it doesn't matter. Even if he attacks my body, attacks my finances, attacks anything, I will not give in to that. The word will prevail. The word will prevail. And as long as the word prevails, I have dominance over the enemy. No matter what happens. So... When things happen in our lives, we does maybe steal your job or your finances or your, your marriage or your children or something happens to try and destroy and kill off. Even if he kills somebody in our lives, it's not the person he was after. It was after your faith. How could that happen? Where is God? Why did God let that happen? I don't know. Are you with me? Because that's his ultimate. Because now what happens? The person gets upset. They don't go back to church. That was the ultimate plan. Not just the hurting of the person. You've got to see that. Because if you recognize that, it puts a new perspective. When things start to happen, God, why are you letting this happen? God says, I've given you my word. Things are going to happen. Jesus said in this world you will have tribulation. But be of good cheer. Why? I've overcome the world. When Paul was crying out three times, take this thorn from me. God says my grace is sufficient. I've given you everything you need to deal with it. That's why Paul, you see in later writing, says if you, if you submit to God, if you give into God, he said to Timothy, God has delivered me from all things. You've watched my life, how he, the enemy came against me, but God delivered me from them all. God says, what, Jesus said, whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. James says, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. So now you understand the concept of hearing the word and applying that word. And by applying that word, now notice, steal, kill, and destroy so ultimately, what he's wanting to do 
is destroy what's in your life. Destroy the promises God gave you. Destroy the dreams that are in your life. Destroy everything that God desires for you to be. But praise God. Jesus said, I came that you may have life and have that life more abundantly. Now you know why John's praying. I pray that you prosper in. See, it's not just about your money or a car or a house. That's where people totally miss the whole prosperity understanding. It's not like there's a prosperity gospel. The gospel of Jesus Christ includes your prosperity. Prosperity is not just about being a millionaire. Because, you know, if someone's not born again, I don't care how much money they've got. You cannot call them rich from a kingdom perspective. That's a poor man with a lot of money. Because if he dies, no matter how much money he's got, he's not buying a ticket to heaven. So first focus is to get people saved. Spiritual prosperity. That's first focus. And you don't get people saved by saying, if you get saved, you can have a big house. That's not the purpose. It's to fall in love with God. I don't care if nothing ever else happens. The fact that I'm born again, saved, going to heaven, God's delivered you out of hell. Can someone give him praise? Hallelujah. Now that you're born again and you're saved, God wants to make sure that you're kept in good health. So you can continue to spread the gospel, preach the word, teach others, show others how good God is. That you can be blessed and walk with perfect mental health. That you can have good, strong marriage and children. That's all prosperity. That's, that's prospering in all things. And then, of course, your provisions included in there. But Jesus called that the least. Whereas the enemy wants to flip it and make that the focus. No, it, it's, that's like God's, yeah, no, don't worry. You, you seek me, those things will be looked after. Seek first the kingdom, all these other things will be added to you. Hallelujah. So pray, prosper in all things, be in health even as your. So you see the hooking point, the limitation is the soul. We will never prosper beyond what we can imagine. I didn't know I could be healed until it was shown to me from the word. Only then did I have faith to stand for that healing. And so my mindset, my religious upbringing and teaching kept me limited in what I could expect from God's word. But as I renewed my mind to what God wanted, I was able to step into it. Hallelujah. So we walk work, working at renewing our mind. We literally are rewiring our brains. Hallelujah. Now, why is this so important? Proverbs 23, 7, as a man thinks in his heart, so is it. Again, the heart is not just your muscle in your chest. It's talking about your spirit man. The way you see yourself internally, the Bible says, is the way you will be. We are living out of what's within our hearts. And I know I keep saying this, and I know you've heard it many times before if you've been here for a long time, but there's reason for it. Remember Luke chapter 6, verse 44. Every tree is known by its fruit. So fruit is 
an outgrowing of what a tree is able to produce. Apple trees produce, and orange trees produce. And those that are new here, you may be hearing that for the first time. Please take notes. It's amazing what you learn in church. But these things are so obvious when we think of them in the natural. And yet when we look at our own lives and we see things showing up on a regular basis that we don't like, and then someone says it could be the problems within you, we get upset. It's like somebody, when they yeah, they have a certain problem. And then they go, they, then they say, I'm going to resign. I'm, I'm leaving that company. And they join another company. And Vrachis, the same problems are there. And so then they go and they change countries. I'm leaving South Africa. I'm going to go live in, in Australia. And in Australia, same problems are there. They join another company there. Same problems are there. Uh, hello. If you see oranges on the floor, oranges hanging off the tree, oranges on the side, you know, it's, uh, something drops off and it's an orange, chances are there's an orange tree nearby. So, it comes out of our heart. Now, when we hear that for the first time, it can be challenging. And the enemy will try and use offense. All right, Alan Bear, who does he think he is? Yeah, he wants to eject you out of my presence because I will address the tree. But if I'm willing to say, you know what? I don't like the fruit that's in my life. We understand that if it's coming from a tree, I can deal with that tree. Come on, say amen. You see, you keep reading down to verse 45. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good if the heart is right you will bring forth what's supposed to come out that's why it says out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks what you hear me saying is because it's already in my heart you wouldn't say anything unless you first thought it and how would you think it unless it was already in there Someone says something, oh, I didn't mean to say it. Maybe you didn't mean for it to come out, but it was in there. It was in there. There's, only, there's no other way for it to get in there except you heard it from somewhere and didn't deal with it when you heard it. When, when we hear things, they go into our hearts. We must be very, very aware that what you're hearing is taking root. So number one, be cautious what you hear. Number two, if you do hear something that you don't want in your life, deal with it as quick as possible to make sure that that, while it's still an acorn, get it out before it becomes a tree and produces a whole bunch of other acorns. Now, Matthew 15, Jesus did address this. He said in verse 12, he spoke to his disciples when they came to him and said, do you know the Pharisees were offended when they heard the saying. Now we know where offense comes. It's when the truth is spoken, Satan needs to root that out of the person's heart. And we studied that last time. Remember? Mark chapter 4. If you weren't here for that, please get it. It was the last part towards the end of last year. It is, it's vitally important to understand that everybody hears the same word. Everybody sitting in this room is hearing the same message. And if we come back next year this time, 
and do an analysis, certain group will have moved on and become more prosperous. There may be some, and not in this room, in the name of Jesus. But previous meetings, I know, there are people that have been here and have backslidden. What happened? They heard the same message as people that are still sitting here going, Amen. What, what was the difference? There was an offense. Something happened when the word was spoken. And so they, the disciples are saying, Jesus, you, you spoke the truth, but now the Pharisees, those who are actually commissioned to teach the same word, got offended. That's Satan coming immediately to steal that word. And so Jesus said, Every plant which my heavenly Father has not planted will be uprooted. But every, every plant which my Father has not planted will be uprooted. So it is possible to root out that tree that's producing the wrong fruit. So if there are things in my life that I'm saying, I don't like that, I don't want that, I don't like the result of this, there is a way to deal with that. Thank you, Jesus. So whatever God has not planted, God has plans for you to root it out. Jeremiah chapter 29 verse 11 from the NIV version. I know the, the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. They are plans to prosper you not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Family of God, we need to renew our minds to a religious concept, a religious idea that sometimes bad things happen. God does that or allows it so that it can develop our faith. Well, if that was true, then every one of us would be faith heroes. Because we've all had challenges and troubles. How have you noticed challenges do not develop your faith? The only way faith develops is hearing the word of God. Faith comes by hearing, hearing the word of God. God's plan is never to harm you. Make a quality decision today to change your mind to that concept. Jesus said, I came that you may have life. Satan steals, kills, and destroys. He threw a very clear line down the center. There's no gray area here. I wonder if this is God this time or was it the devil? You never have to wonder that again. Never again. Religion will try and confuse you with that. But Jesus was very clear. The thief comes to steal, kill, destroy. So when something happens, all you need to do is do a quick analysis. Is this, does this fall under stealing, killing, or destroying? If the answer is yes, qualifies that was the enemy. That was Satan. That was a work of the devil. And I will not tolerate that in my life. Never will I say maybe God's working out a plan yet. No, that was Satan. I'm coming against that work and I'm resisting it in Jesus' name. Why? He came that I may have life and have that life more abundantly. Come on, give Jesus praise. You've got to see that. Amen. And that's not promising you'll never have problems again. It's God saying, my plans are to get you out of that. My plans are to prosper you. 
Is that in your Bible? This is God speaking. Say, this is God speaking. He's saying, blank, 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 blank. My plans I have for you. I know the plans, 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 plans. What's a plan? It was decided ahead of time. You don't walk onto a, a plot and say to the builder, build something here. What do you want? Uh, just a building. Where? What, what do you, how many rooms do you want? I don't know. Just build something. So he goes, okay, we'll start digging there. <laughs> we'll just see what comes out. No, plans, you sit down and you, you, you draw it up ahead of time. Isn't that right? God already, before you were born, already structured your life. Those are plans. That ahead of time, he's already decided what's going to happen in your life. Now, what plans are they? Plans to? Plans to? The family of God, just renew your mind right now. That you are no longer offended by the concept of prosperity. That is God's plan for you. I don't agree with that prosperity. Well, then you don't agree with God. Because he decided it. I said he decided it. Say so that is God's plan for my life. They have plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans for a hope and a future. So that means whatever's not working correctly in my life was not God's idea. Whatever came into your life came as a seed. The enemy knows that. So he works the same process. Look at the cross reference. Remember we read from Luke 6. Let's go to Matthew 12. Same teaching. Slightly different perspective that Matthew gives it. Look at verse 33. Either make the tree good and its fruit good, or else make the tree bad and its fruit bad. For a tree is known by its fruit. A tree is known by its fruit. So when I look in your life and I see fruit lying around you, I know what tree is in there. When I see fruit in my life, I know what tree is in there. Now, as I said, I don't like a particular fruit. Notice what he says. Then make the tree good. He didn't say ask God to fix your tree. He said make the tree good. God will uproot the bad tree. But you need to Make a good tree. You've got to get a hold of this. That's why Jesus, even when they spoke, he spoke about casting out demons. If you cast out a demon, it'll go seeking dry places. And when it finds none, it will get seven other worse demons coming back. Finding the house swept clean, it enters in and the state is worse than the previous. What does he mean by that? What's a clean house? It means you got all the junk out, but didn't put any back in. You didn't put the good in. You didn't fill the house with the utensils and the furnishings of God, of the kingdom. You just got rid of the devil. 
And if you don't know how to resist him when he comes back, he's going to move right back in the way he did the first time. If he got in the first time, he's going to move right back in the second time. So when I'm dealing with something in my life and I get that out of my life, I need to now furnish the home with the word of God. I need to put a good tree in there. Make the tree good. It'll produce good. Verse 34. Brood of vipers. How can you be evil? Speak good things. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Again, it's a quality decision. Listen to yourself. Just listen. If something comes out of your mouth, address it. You go, oh, I don't, I don't want to be that person. I don't like what I just said. I don't know. Then deal with that tree. Don't just think, oh, that was stupid. Don't just think that was stupid. Go for the tree. Go for the root. Why is that in there? It may be something your parents used to say all the time. It may be something that some tragedy put into your life that caused that belief system to come up. Maybe it was the teacher that was always on your case. And even though you never accepted it, never dealt with it. And he just kept hearing, you're no good. You'll never make it. You'll never have a good job. You're just a loser. You're, but never ever dealt with that. Now that tree's producing fruit. And now we just say things. I just call it the way it is. That's the most dangerous thing to do. Because if we're willing just to live, I just, I'm just being honest right now. The problem is if you keep addressing a problem, let's say there's always something in your life. This is causing a problem. You get angry about this and get angry about that and get angry about this. And, and you just keep addressing the same thing all the time. Why haven't you dealt with the root of that? Amen. Yeah, but it always keeps happening to me. It's just, yeah, but that's the reason because as long as we keep focusing on it and calling it the way it is, that tree will keep producing the fruit. So I need to get to a place where I say, you know what? I'm drawing a line here. This is not going to happen anymore. I'm taking that tree and I'm getting rid of it. I'm getting it out of my life. Uh, some people have a hard time believing this, but I used to have a violent, wild anger problem. Temper, like bad. I, I was a, a black belt in karate and used to just, you know, be... Aggressive, highly aggressive. And then I got born again. Praise God. And I got saved. A new heart was put in me. And I was going to be all loving like Jesus, you know, said, love others the way you love yourself. And I, and I did that. I mean, the person that I love the most on this planet, other than my Savior Jesus, is my wife. And we would get into, uh, into, into um, heavy discussions. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, I thank God my father raised me right. He raised us to never, ever hit a woman, never hit a girl. Um, I, we have a younger sister, my brother and I. And, I mean, she got up to things that any sibling would get up to, get on our nerves, on our cases. And even if she caused the problem and we somehow clipped her, we got the hiding. Yeah, but it was Natalie. You know, doesn't matter. You don't hit a girl. Are you with me? If we didn't hit her, he would discipline her. But if we smacked her, we got died. 
Now, that was good upbringing. I thank God for it because there were times I remember the one day when it really struck me. I was born again, saved, serving Jesus. We got into a serious argument and I wound up to hit and I turned because I wasn't going to hit Janine, never. And as I turned, I hit my study door and my fist went straight through the door, a hole in the door. And I looked at that and I suddenly, and, I, and, and Janine looked at me like, I don't know you. I, I, that, that I don't, and, it, and I stood there thinking, what did I just do? I saw a fruit that I didn't like. I'm supposed to be a Christian. Now I've got a hole in my door. Where's this coming from? And I realized it was seated in that anger, in that training to be violent. And I had to take everything, renounce it. Now, this is a, this again, it's a conviction. This is not a law. But I renounced that whole thing of my karate. All that root, everything came out of root of violence. And I destroyed everything I had linked to that. I put it on a bonfire, served Jesus, and said, Lord, I lay that down. That is my past. And I choose you from this day on. I'm choosing a new heart within me. I had to replace. I had to physically deal with that tree to get it out. Amen. Amen. And that enemy will still come back and knock on the door. He's going to still try and get in. And I'll go, oh, and I'll go, oh. hang on. No, that tree is gone. That tree has been removed. I'm choosing peace. I'm choosing comfort. I'm choosing life. I'm choosing self-control. That's the fruit. But I have to speak that. I have to do that regularly. I have to keep renewing my mind. I have to nurture the tree. That produces love, joy, self-control. Are you getting this? You have to deal with that root and make sure that you get it right. Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Are you getting this? So, if something's showing up all the time, then deal with it. Recognize the tree and say, I'm going to get that out. Now, family of God, that doesn't just happen. Oh, I'm never going to do that again. It's, it's focusing. I took some serious prayer time to deal with that and have to do that on a regular basis. Keep the tree nurtured. Keep, make sure that you're at a place of peace. Verse 35, a good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth Good things. An evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil things. This I say to you that for every idle word men may speak, they will give an account of it in the day of judgment. Now listen to this. For by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. Wow. Think about that. On judgment day, God is not going to call you up and say, I'm, not, I'm just going to look at your life and I decide if you are ju justified or if you're condemned. It's not God justifying you and it's not God condemning you. Get a hold of this. God is not sending anybody to hell.
by your words, you will be condemned. <sighs> yes, Lord. Sometimes we have to say something and I have to trust your tree is ready to receive it. Is your heart ready? Can I say something? Are you willing to receive it? Now I'm giving a heads up for those that may be offended by this. Because this is the truth. Anybody that's in hell chose to be there. How can you say that? See, there we go. I'm challenging a tree that's in you. Because when, that's what Jesus said, they were offended. When a tree that's within us is challenged, that the enemy worked very hard to get in you and nurtured to grow up, to produce the fruit that would steal, kill, and destroy. When someone tries to uproot it, he will invoke in us a defense mechanism to protect that tree. And that's an offense. That's why I said, I'm not your problem. Some people think I am, but I'm not. It's that tree. And you need someone that loves you enough to point out the tree. To say, that's where your root is. Get rid of that, your problem will be solved. So, every single person is given the opportunity for salvation. In other words, we were already destined for hell. How many you know we weren't born saved? So we had all the wrong trees within us. And so our words were anti-God. Our words were anti-His kingdom. Our words were anti-life. They were words of death, words of rebellion, words of rejection, words of deception. So if we died in that state, you chose to say what you said, even though you may not have been aware of it, all of us. Then that, we're given the opportunity to make Jesus Lord of our life. We choose to receive that or reject it. And we do that with our words. I don't believe that. I'm not religious. I'm not ready. I don't want to go. I don't believe there's a God. So now we stand in front of him. We die, stand in front of him. And God says, you didn't believe me. By your words. And those words determine that you don't want to live with him. So he has to abide by that. But then you hear the gospel of Jesus and you believe that and you receive it and you say, Jesus is my Lord. Jesus is my Savior. Jesus is my God. And if you died at that moment, God says, doesn't matter what you've done, the blood of Jesus dealt with your sin. It cleansed you and has made the way open. And because you said he's Lord, because you said you believe, you are now justified and you have right to enter into heaven. That's why when he says by every idle word, you'll be judged. 
That idle word, what's an idle word? An idle word is a word that has no purpose behind it. That's why when God speaks, he has to, he has to make sure that what he wants is what comes out his mouth. You never hear God using, you know, that's just a figure of speech. Oh, my feet are killing me. Because if God said that, it would kill him. Because he gets what he says. Isn't that right? So it's almost like a contradictory thing. God, that's why I said God cannot lie. Not that he doesn't. He cannot lie. Because if he speaks something, it is. So if God doesn't want a three-headed horse, he won't joke and say, oh, look, there's a three-headed horse. Because boom, now there is. By the time your head gets to look there, there's a three-headed horse standing there. He won't joke with things. When he opens his mouth, it's like a loaded gun. You better make sure it's pointed at where you want it to go. Because when he pulls that trigger, it is. When we get to believe that for ourselves, that if I open my mouth, what I say happens, we will change the way we speak. Out of God's mercy, a lot of what we say is held back. There's no power to it. Because if we just got everything we said, we'd destroy our lives within 24 hours if we haven't yet corrected our speech. That's why I said every idle word will be checked. By every idle word. Every idle word may speak. They will give an account of it in the day of judgment. All those silly little things that were said. All those empty things. You want to know why your life's the way it was? Here it is. It's what we were saying. Family God, but when we see that and make the choice to change what we say, start to address the tree. If that thing keeps happening in my life, let me stop saying it. Yeah, but if I don't say it, who's going to deal with it? The blessing. God, give it to him. Start speaking life. I have an amazing marriage. My spouse is the best person for me. I love my spouse. Yeah, but you don't know what he does. Just say it. Just say what you want. Yeah, but he never helps in the house. Could that be why? Because you're always on about what he doesn't do. Doesn't, yeah, doesn't go, yeah, doesn't. And, and same with the other side. Amen. Guys with the ladies. Yeah, uh, you know. You've got the most gorgeous, amazing, beautiful wife. Hallelujah. Why do you think Janine looks so gorgeous? I keep saying it. No, she, she really does give good attention to herself. But now we can debate, was that faith or was that always her? Who cares? It's happened. Amen. <laughs> We got an amazing marriage. We, we, we don't allow divorce. We don't allow discussion of things like that. We don't. We, we only speak life. Amen. Our children all serve the Lord. They love Jesus. We keep speaking that. We keep saying it. We always provided. We always blessed. We always looked after. 
See, what am I doing? Cultivating trees, cultivating trees, cultivating trees. Speak it, speak it, speak it. Because I want to make sure that when God hears me, he hears what he has designed, planned for my future. I will speak his plans. And as long as I speak his plans, that tree is growing and it's producing the fruit. You don't have to work for fruit. Trees don't work for fruit. They just be. Uh, orange tree, water it. What does it go? Orange. Doesn't think about it. Amen. So nurture the tree and the fruit will happen. Hallelujah. Did you get something this morning? Come on, let's give Jesus praise. Let's stand to our feet. Put your hand on your heart. Lift your other hand to the Lord. Say this, today I've heard the word of God. That word produced faith in my heart. And I am a believer, not a doubter. I'm a hearer of the word and also a doer. And from this day on, I make sure that my words produce the right tree in my life. When I see something that I don't like, I ask God, remove that tree from me. In the name of Jesus, and as that tree is removed, I decree, I declare, I speak God's word, the seeds of his plans. I declare them, and as I do, they are planted within my heart, in the soil of my heart, and that tree grows up and produces the fruit that God planned for me. I receive that in the name of Jesus. Amen. Come on, give Jesus praise for his word.